Hello everyone, welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access, I'm Mike Hancock. Along with Kyle Davis, we will recap this past weekend's game involving the Toronto Rock and the Colorado Mammoth that ended the Toronto Rock season as well. We'll be uh, diving back into what was quite the roller coaster of a season. So uh, KD will start off you know, talking about Saturday night's game and just the loss to Colorado. And in the end, obviously, we saw one of the positive scenarios play out minus the big thing that we needed to happen, which was the Rock win. So uh, disappointing in many respects. Also, the fact that it was so close to all actually falling into place here at the end of the season. But, you know, a game on Saturday night that sees, you know, the Rock get off to a decent start. You know, Colorado bounces back in the second quarter. And then, you know, again, that third quarter is a roller coaster. It gets tied up at eight. Colorado takes a lead. Toronto goes on a run to build a lead of their own. And then uh, Colorado finishes out the game on a 9-3 run to uh, wrap it up. The shorthanded goals in the fourth quarter. I don't know where you want to start, but, uh, you know, jump in. And, and, you know, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I thought it was a – kind of a crazy game really and uh it's been a crazy season so why why wouldn't this be or why would this yeah. be any different right but uh, a couple quick quick things off the top of my head was again the inconsistency for a full game the rock i thought were were in a good spot at one point you mentioned you know they they go on colorado goes on a 9-3 run to end the game and it just felt like we've kind of seen that script before in a good spot versus new england at home in a good spot versus calgary at home and uh, couldn't get her done in the end. And, you know, you lose by four goals, four shorthanded goals on the night. That That's a killer. And I don't know what I, – I can't, you know, describe that. I don't know if I've seen four shorthanded goals against in a game. Have like Yeah, it was tough. I mean, especially, you know, the, the three in the fourth quarter. and uh, At such a critical point of the game, and the power play couldn't figure that out, right? I guess, yeah. I guess if you go back to basic – you know lacrosse it's you know i say left guy's shooting right he's going back right like yep. just just as the safety blanket that's just kind of how it is and so i guess it's unfortunate or disappointing at uh you know season on the line at such a, a high level that we seem to get exposed in that area yeah um you know. and it's tough too because when you talk about those transition goals almost and like how you're saying you know joey capito He's the fastest guy. He does this there's all the time. There's a reason why, you know what I mean, you could say you can game plan for that for sure. all you want, he but does there's this. also a reason why he does it He's, every time. Everybody knows He's so good how at good it. he He's is. He's good right? at what he does. And, and getting that break, getting those opportunities and those chances, and you know, you think just how much weight transition goals carry in this game because they do happen quickly and out of nowhere, right? And you can't say that you don't work for them, but at the same time, they happen so fast, they're almost like freebies, and they swing the momentum so much in a lacrosse game. And we saw that in the fourth quarter, and especially I think score was 16-13 at one point in the third, the rocker down, and, you know, Colorado's already got three shorthanded goals by that point, and that's literally the difference in the game in that fourth quarter are those three goals that they ended up uh, getting in the fourth. Like you said, four shorthanded goals overall. But um, it's tough. the power play just, you know, it kind of showed some of the same struggles that it did throughout the year and why it was basically in the basement of the league in terms of efficiency. and Which is crazy when you're looking at the personnel, at least on, on paper, right? And you, you like you think you think you're in a good spot when uh you know with the with a healthy roster and jones and 
and uh, Hellier are both top ten in the league. And Schreiber, we know about him. And you know, Reed Reinholdt's been kind of a good, a good, good guy for you down on the crease there. And you know, whether it's Hickey, Littner, who to me that's you think at least it's you're there. But uh, for some reason, it, it couldn't get it together. And you know, and it, and it sucks. It sucks today because we're on the outside looking, looking in, and kind of dissecting. You know, when you're you're this close out, you di- dissect everything and if, what could have been if this just tightened up or a goal here or a goal there um but uh, ultimately you know the, the stats are the stats and the standings are the standings and the, the, we we just came up short we weren't we weren't good enough i guess when needed to be and unfortunately to you know if you told me the rocker going to go down there and score 15 i thought we were probably to the well, bank i thought we were in a good spot right and yeah. you know d ward and net there one of the top goalies in the league in a way you know you torched him in a way um rosie i think's been your backbone all year and probably unfortunately just didn't didn't have his best game this night and it just we scored 15 and it wasn't good enough but i don't think that's an indication on rosie's season i think he's been phenomenal um just happened to be on a a big stage i guess here when the team needed a win but that's it's a team effort you win and lose as a team that's everyone from players you know goalies coaches that that's everyone so it's no no one individual's fault it's just uh, it, it's unfortunate and when you look at uh, sometimes in this game there are blips on the radar I guess you could say and unfortunately maybe this whole season was one of those for the rock power play but you know they end up second last in the league at 36 percent their shorthanded goals against end up being tied with Vancouver for the most at 16 but even you know when you look at who was in last in power play Georgia at 34.25% is kind of crazy to think given the season that they had last year and last year you know their power play ends up clicking at uh you know 55% second best in the league you know the rock power play was uh considerably better not much higher overall in the league but 46 percent last year so you say these things can change and in some cases you look at georgia they had the exact same personnel almost and were worse this year considerably like 20 percent worse uh, where the rock kind of dropped only about 10 12 percent this year so um these things just happen and i know sometimes that seems like it's a bit of a lame or hollow reasoning or whatever for this but in this game sometimes you just get beat sometimes the other team's just better sometimes you know and especially in only a nine-team league we saw how tight this east division was and you know sometimes you win sometimes you lose the the number of one goal games you know you have a couple overtime losses you have a loss in the last minute to georgia these games where some some years you'll be on the right side of all those and those are all one shot one defensive stop and you think about how tight the league is you can say that at the end of the year there's three games right there that if we're on the right side of those we're 11 and 7 one of those is a win over georgia we won the east division yeah you know like that's why you know when you say you sit back and there's going to be changes reevaluate everything take a look at this take a look at that like it is very much a situation where it has to be the right tweaks i think maybe not necessarily any kind of major overhaul but it does come down to in the end the execution but also 
there's a bit of luck involved in this. There's a right bounce here, a right bounce there, a, a ball that drops, a ball that, you know, a bounce shot that hits the, you know, the crossbar and decides to bounce in instead of bounce out. You know, it's it's a spin of a ball here. It's a it, it just this game and this league is so tight that it is it's tough and it's disappointing and it's frustrating here sitting a couple days later saying, you know, what could have been, you know, in this season, but there's no reason I think to you know, doubt that this team can't be what we all think it should be, you know, in six or eight months here when we're back on the floor. But, um, you know, and I know we didn't want to dive too much into the the season dissection here necessarily off the top, but um, I just think that this team has still got so much promise, upside, youth, all the good things, you know. Nick Rose is, uh, you know, just turned 30 years old, you know, this year and, you know, there's a time really in this league when that's about when you're kind of coming into your prime as a goaltender around that age. So to say that there's not a lot of upside or that, you know, things need to be blown up here or anything, I think is just, uh, I think, to steal your word, a volcanic take. Um, and I just don't think we're, I just don't think that's what is here. No, you know? n- not, not at all. I mean, if we're kind of getting away from the game in particular and, and kind of stepping back here for for a little bit which is fine i yeah. like there's nine starting goalies in the league right and he, yeah. he's he, you got one of the top half of them yeah so you can't re- what else you know like people want to go trade for who, matt, matt vink i don't even, like he's older what it, but it just doesn't happen yeah. like that that's not a reality yeah and you mentioned uh there's so many great pieces here like challen rogers is was a beast this year. I thought he took tremendous strides, and you heard it right from him. This is probably the first time he's played healthy. Yeah, right with his shoulder, and he feels good. And like know. ever as an adult. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. The, right? Like, so yeah. like you're yeah. see, he's probably come like he's got so much growing to do, and he's already this good. Uh, you know, Brad Cree, I think has has taken a, a big step. He's a solid defender, solid faceoff guy, and I think down the stretch, not having him be able to take draws kind. Of, impacted games to a certain extent yeah. uh you know you mentioned schreiber and he's just scratching the surface too he, he, he was hurt half the year he still only played what you know last year a couple playoff what 30 games of box yeah. across yeah if you, if you count it all up in a t- year and a half yeah so there's still a lot of potential here and uh by no means a you know from this is my third season being with the team and where that team was at that point to where this team is now. I know the records might not be, you know, we saw a playoff run last year, but if you take a step back and actually dissect what you got, I think you're in a way better spot. Oh, yeah. I think light years ahead of uh, where this team was a couple of years ago. And it was, and even a couple of years ago when you say, you know, we're in a better spot now, but even I think you almost had to get to that spot two years ago to get to where you are here because that was the, you know, really the true ending exiting of an era, right? The Colin Doyle, Josh Sanderson, Casey Beard. Yeah. Like that list went on over the last couple of years. That's kind of been the end. It's been the official kind of end of that era. And, uh, you know, there would be question marks right now surrounding some guys, Sandy Chapman for one, you know, is he going to continue playing, was this the last that we saw of him? Um, that's something that, you know, I'm sure Sandy will sit down here with his family over the next uh, little bit and make a decision officially as to what he's going to do going forward. But, you know, I think that 
you know, this really and Brody Merrill becoming the captain of this team, you know, that was another, you know, new chapter, I guess, in this franchise. And you don't have either Colin Doyle or Josh Sanderson kind of leading this team or being the leader or one of two leaders. Um, and even, you know, you can trace it back a few years before that with Blaine Manning leaving too, but now we're really going down the road here. But, you know, this was the turning of the page, so to speak, in the last couple of years. But like I said, I think you had to get to kind of had to hit that low a couple of years ago to really officially make that change and 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 almost see for yourself that it was necessary it was time and and now we're moving forward in in such a positive way um and looking at it too here just thinking off the top of my head you really you did fine in the east you had the season series versus Three, three, three out of the four teams. Three of the four, right? Georgia, yeah. It was only Georgia. Those were tight games. It just, for whatever reason it was, we couldn't seem to just get get going versus the West there. You know, one and one versus Calgary, own one versus Saskatchewan, own two versus Colorado. Yeah. You only got Vancouver once, which you don't want to look into. You know, they went they had two wins all year. <laughs> you get them at a home game, yeah. you're getting another win most likely. And yeah. Just, uh, but if you look at the East, Rochester second place holding or hosting a, a playoff game in their own building, beat them a couple times. New England yeah. going to Rochester, beat them. Buffalo beat like, yeah, you're right there in terms of the competition with the teams that you got to compete against in your division every year. Yeah, and that's why I think sometimes in a little bit as a fan, you can just step back and just pick something to go at and say that's the reason i've decided that's the reason why this team didn't win the championship and you know there is also a little bit of you know what pro sports franchise passed the year i don't know 1980 has had a situation where a team has gone to a championship six out of seven years and won five times which was what happened here in the early days of the toronto rock which just doesn't really happen in pro sports unless what i guess you could think lebron maybe going to the finals but again that's two different franchises you know like yeah, that's there's an not individual a lot of player right? yeah that's... like there's there's not a lot of these success stories in sports where you've th- this that long of a of a run and then you know you kind of come to expect that as a fan because you know because it happens at the start of the franchise's existence it's the only thing you know is championships and winning, championships and winning. And you don't maybe realize that top stops take a look around and see that like this isn't exactly normal. Like this is not actually supposed to happen. And then you think too, like you've got a two thousand and one finals loss, you have a two thousand ten finals loss, you have a two thousand fifteen finals loss. So there's three more times you've been in the championship game, not you know, in series in twenty fifteen, but you know, not to mention the six championships. So you've got nine times out of twenty seasons You've played for the championship. Oh, it's crazy. It's nuts. And, it is nuts. And, I mean, teams around you, when you're kind of that organization, they strive to – they're coming in with a, a little bit of fire in their belt. Like, they strive to beat that – you know, take down that top organization in a way. Teams, uh, you know, get better. Teams – just the whole game of lacrosse, it's, it's evolved. And it's just – you know, obviously we, we were kind of spoiled as Toronto Rock fans back in – like that's unheard of. That is yeah. just ridiculous. And obviously, it was a it was a heck of a time to be to be a fan to 
to be alive to watch that, but uh, that's not reality, though. And yeah. I, I mean, I know we'll talk to Jamie, and I'm sure you know everyone's going to be under investigate or investigation or just I don't know if that's the right word, but you know, dissect what what we have here. And uh, by no means are people trying to come here and lose. Like everyone wants to win. Everyone mm-hmm. is here coming here with a work hard attitude. It's not. It's not that by any means. So everyone's on the same page with the, with a common goal, and that's championships. And there's nothing else that that really really matters. That's the end goal, and the, everything they, that is done is to try and reach that goal. And just my last point on all this, you know, in 20 years, this franchise has only missed the playoffs four times: 08, 09, and what happened after that. 2010, you had a trip to the finals. In 2011, you had a championship. So that's how fast this thing can turn around, right? And in that situation, I think it was a major turnaround. Whereas I think here in this situation, going from championship finals loss in 2015 to out of the playoffs in 16, back in in 17, out in 18, there's no reason why this team in 18-19 here in 2019 why this team wouldn't you know be in the championship conversation again there really is no reason full confidence this team will be back you get you know healthy tom you get another year of latrell chow and the list goes on i i know we've made a trade for him fairly early in the season but you get a full year of sheldon burns through training camp and you know that hurt down the stretch and I don't think you're in you're in bad hands by by any means, and uh, I still think there's a lot to. As much as it sucks, maybe today or or this week, and when you're watching the rest of the playoffs, thinking ah, what what could have been, or we should be here, kind of thing. If you take a step back, I think uh, you will understand that uh, we've built a good base. There is a good solid core here that can move forward, and I think do some some really good things down the road. Absolutely agree. All right, we'll take a short break here on the program. And then we will welcome in Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick. Stay with us. More Toronto Rock Total Access to come in just a second. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis here as we uh, now welcome in studio with us the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing today? I'm okay, thanks. Guys, how are you? We're well. Obviously, we're uh, everybody's going to have a lot of time now to uh, dissect things, but at the same time, it's going to be a busy off-season here coming up. But uh, let's kind of first go back into, obviously, the situation that's just played out here. The team being eliminated from the playoffs with the loss on Saturday night to Colorado. Um, just an absolute roller coaster of a game, really. Uh, you know, I guess obviously safe to say. I think what everybody said, it's kind of the the exact mirror image almost of uh, the season itself and how at times there was so much promise, a lot of frustration, some disappointment, and that seemed to also kind of unfold in front of our eyes on Saturday night in Colorado at the same time. I don't think I could have said it better myself, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. It's uh, it's disappointing. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, we go into every season with a goal, first and foremost, championship. No matter what, that that's the goal, and that's what we're striving to do. Um, I thought we were 
you know, on the outside looking in last year, we we felt like we added a few pieces, big pieces that and, and didn't really lose, you know, a ton with no due res, due with all due respect to the few the guys that, that weren't here, but um and and you know, we essentially finished with the same well, I guess one less win and and really the the same results. So uh definitely not happy times in in Toronto land, not not happy with the end result. Um you know, it uh, uh go ahead. Next question. <laughs> um you know, when we look at, uh, you know, the way uh, the season ended and we'll kind of rehash some things that how the season kind of unfolded. We talk about all the promise, the the four the four games, 84 goals, things are going well. You got out a win in Rochester and that seemed to be a situation on February 10th where it was either, you know, you got it out that win. It was a good road win, 12-9. Schreiber gets hurt in that game and it seems as though a season really with that win maybe should have taken a turn for the better but things seem to turn the other way really when you look back at it and you subtract such a big piece how much really did that seven game stretch almost really define how this season really ended up in the end well it absolutely did um yeah it was uh you know believe me I, we all know how special of a player tommy schreiber is and and you know he'll 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 be an MVP candidate next year 100% if he stays healthy and plays the entire year. There's no doubt in my mind he might be the best player in this game right now. Um, I, I am surprised how much it affected us missing him. I, I thought you know we had enough pieces and enough guys that have done things and, and can handle things and whatever. Um, it, it didn't work out. Uh, and um, you know I've got some beliefs as to why certain things didn't work out and this and that and you know those will be shared with 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 the guys when we you know I'm meeting with everyone tonight here Um, you know my my thoughts and opinions will be shared with guys and and listen like this is professional sports you know this team is not going to be the same next year um, it never is, especially with expansion coming up. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of guys that will will not be back with our team next year. So, and the guys that that are going to be back, um, you know, we we we've got to get back to the winning ways because this 500 nonsense is it's not acceptable to me. And um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I'm kind of at the point where. You know, we've basically gone with the same group the last two years, and we haven't got it done. So there, there's, there's going to be some change. It's coming. Um, you know, if, if they're, I, I'm, I'm starting to lose, lose faith. Well, I've lost faith that this group, you know, can get us to where we need to be. So there's going to be some change. And it's a tough. I'm, you know, I'm being around it here on a daily basis, and why, you know, it's a tough thing because I think on paper. You know, I think as we'll have alluded to several times here throughout the podcast, but, you know, my belief is that really, you know, you take into account Saskatchewan's championship pedigree. I think this rock roster probably is the next best on paper, really, in the league still. And, you know. Well, we don't play the games on paper. Exactly. And that's what I say. So where is the, where do you think was the shortfall this year between the paper and the floor, I guess? Just think we had a lot of uh, 
I just don't think we had the right mix. I don't think up front at any point this season, you know, when you factor in Tommy's injury, but I, I don't think we found the right mix up there. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't have seven of the same players. You've got to have pieces, and in order to be successful, everyone's got to have a role and everyone's got to play their role well. And we, we, we definitely struggled up front to, to, to figure out what that was and who that was. Um, I think defensively, for the most part, um, was the backbone of our team this year and Rosie. Uh, you know, Rosie takes a lot of heat in this league, but, you know, I was talking to Maddie and Bruce, you know, the Saturday of the game, and unfortunately Rosie probably had, you know, and I don't think he'll tell you any different, what he probably feels like was his worst game of the year on Saturday night. But Rosie gave us a chance to win every single game, you know, before Saturday night, and even Saturday night, every single game. Um, you go look at all these other goalies around the league, you know, the best ones in the game, Vino, D Ward, uh, Kirky, you know, the, go look at their, their uh, you know, I, and I haven't looked at the stats, but just knowing how games went this year, there were there were games, yeah, they've been great for most of the nights, but they, you know, have a couple stinkers here and there. Um, we got goaltending to win every single game this year. Um, not saying it was the greatest of those nights, but a chance to win. Defense was really solid in front of us. That was kind of the backbone of our team. Um, you know, and, and for me, um, MVP on the offense, Tom Schreiber. MVP on the defense, Challen Rogers. If he doesn't win transition player of the year by a landslide, I, I don't know what people are watching. This guy is unbelievable and is only going to get better. And he's an awesome kid. And, and you know, he, in his second year in this league, you know, in my opinion, led our defense and um, and Nick Rose. Those three guys, you know, for me. Uh, so Ro Ro Rosie's my guy. You know, I, I, Rosie and I had a good sit down yesterday, and you know, he takes this personally and he takes it tough on him. And you know, we, we're we're all around him. We know how much lacrosse and winning means to Rosie first and foremost, and team and family and all that. And and um, you know he, he takes it a lot. He takes it takes a, puts a lot of pressure on himself and and whatever. But you know Rosie was Rosie was our rock this year, and without him, you know we we would have been a lot worse shape than we were. After a season, regardless how how it finishes, I'm assuming the whole you know organization is kind of under investigation and kind of going back and figuring out some stuff. And we saw you mentioned expansion and kind of the. A domino drop yesterday, if you will, and Josh Sanderson going to uh, to San Diego. Just your thoughts on that, and what kind of person and you know, uh, I guess brass member of the Toronto Rocker are, are losing here? Yeah, well, now listen, shooters. Uh, so I've known about this for a little. <laughs> so I've known about this for a couple months now. Um, this has kind of been set in place, and like, listen, Pat Merrill, uh, Josh Sanderson, Bill Greer, three guys like. You know, I'm very familiar with um, three guys I consider to be good friends of mine. Three guys I got a lot of respect for as players and coaches and just lacrosse guys. Um, this was, uh, you know, Patty got his opportunity, and with that, there became an opportunity for shooting, and I'm happy for shooting, and he feels like this is the right thing for him to do, and and I support that, and. Uh, 
you know that was always kind of our agreement we just kind of gonna we're gonna go year from year and see what happens and and um, you know this opportunity presented itself to him and I wish him nothing but the best um, you know obviously except for when they're when we get to see him but uh, no San Diego I think you know I think uh, I think they've made a great uh, great start there with that coaching staff like I said I got all you know good friends but also tons of respect for those guys and and um, you know it's a good opportunity for shooter and and yeah he'll be missed um, you know still a friend and I'm sure we'll still talk but you know not sharing as many uh, as many secrets about the team right now but uh, hey, hey listen it's awesome um, I, I'm a big believer in young guys you know guys getting an opportunity um, there's a lot of really smart lacrosse guys that you know have never gotten an opportunity in the NLL and you know, it takes, you know, it takes little balls to go out and hire someone that no one's expecting or whatever. I think Steve did a great job in, in, in finding Patty Merrill and anyone that knows Patty. And then, and then Patty there, you know, turns around and hits a home run with the first, his first move by bringing in, um, you know, Josh and Bildo. So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a good start for them. I'm happy for them. And now moving to the to the on the floor, uh, the, the players there. Uh, I know it just happened so quick. I mean, season just ended over the weekend. But do you, how close or how, how are you going to approach this expansion uh, situation? Uh, two teams enter in the league. Do you do you kind of have an idea? The guys you're protecting, not protecting, or just where where are you at with that? I mean, I got a pretty good idea. Um, I haven't made up my final mind, uh, but. You know, I have a list. Like I said to you guys before, I've got a list that's always going. So, um, you know, the, the list that that I got going is, is where it is today. It is not set in stone. Um, you know, I've got exit interviews tonight. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I've told. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things to factor into that. Um, you know, who's got to be protected. You know, I mean, basically you know, unrestricted free, there, there's, there's a lot of factors in it. So, um, you know, it, it's going it, to be tough. It, it, the whole process is going to be interesting. I've never had to go through it. To me, I look at it and say, okay, it's going to be, it's kind of tough to, to look at your team and say like, hey, th these are my top 10 guys um, I'm protecting for, for whatever reasons. And there's many reasons why um, age, you know, being a, a big one, um, contract status being a big one so there's a lot of reasons but you know it's not going to be the most comfortable spot to say okay these are my 10 guys they're they're guaranteed Toronto Rock 100 percent um, you know we love them uh, and then you know you're exposing you know almost close to 20 guys yeah um, so at 20 guys you're, you're you're basically saying like well I like you but I don't like you enough to protect you. And there might be, once again, there's reasons why you're going to be doing that, age, contract, this and that. Um, you know, and then you're going to lose two guys and then everyone's going to kind of make their way back with an opportunity, you know, to be with you if they're under contract and this and that. So the whole process is going to be interesting. I, I said to the guys and I'll say to them as I, you know, I like they're all here for a reason you know I signed they've been signed to the Toronto Rock they're part of this team for a reason we don't want to lose anyone the reality is these are these are the parameters of an expansion draft we have to follow along um, I don't look at it like 
you know, these 10 guys are that, and then there's 20 exposed. Like, you know, they can take two of 20, unfortunately. And and then once that's done, you know, everyone comes back under the big umbrella. So um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, – I don't think this is – there's just a straight expansion draft coming here. I think there'll be uh, – some wheeling and dealing and i think both these both knowing both of the gms of of both of the teams i think they'll both be aggressive and they're both very competitive and both want to win right away so they're going to do whatever they can to make their team um competitive right away in my opinion now just to circle back a little bit to the the i guess the coaching thing in san diego do you ever sit back a little bit and reflect just what the rock influence is throughout this league on the benches across the league? There's almost no bench in the league, I think, that doesn't have some kind of rock previous coach, player influence, and just kind of what a testament it is to what a, you know, not to toot our own collective horns here, but just what a great organization and franchise that this really is, that it's still having the influence that when people are looking to, in this case, San Diego, start a franchise, they just pick three guys who have played for The Rock, you know, all under your watch as well, you know, have won championships here and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think it speaks, you know, and says a lot just about this organization in general. Yeah, I, I, I think and it's... And the winning, uh, I think, too, right? Like, you know, the pedigree that they're bringing in. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of, you know, like I said earlier, there's tons of, of great lacrosse minds in this area, obviously, and as they get older, they love to come back here and play closer to home, and we've been fortunate enough to have all three of those guys, um, you know, play for us, and... And, uh, yeah, I, I, I remember, you know, a year or two ago, someone writing an article about head coaches maybe that played for the Rock, and it was like seven of nine or something. Yeah. And, you know, and then you see this hire here, and there's three more guys, and, you know, not just the head coach, but both of us. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's, it's maybe a testament to the team and the franchise, and, and it's winning ways. You know, so it hasn't been like that the last couple of years. And this, like I said, I, the, I'm not a 500 guy. I don't like it. Um, and and we, that's got to change. That's got to change. So we're talking about uh, you know reevaluating everything, personnel, uh, top to bottom. Yeah, I'm having a lot of talks with the GM right now. They're going back and forth. <laughs> so we got to wait and see what's going on there first and foremost. <laughs> What about uh, coaching staff and, and how does that evaluation process go and, and decisions there? Well, um, you know, I'll be sitting down with all those guys. They're all under contract currently right now. And, um, you know, I'm not going to really comment on too much there uh, right now. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be meeting with all those guys. And, um, you know, it's you know we'll, we'll talk about that later i talked to them before i talked to you guys about that but uh you know coaching staff players everyone we evaluate we start at the top you know start with myself as the gm and and you know and we joke that i'm talking to myself and i have been the last couple of days because i'm not happy but um you know that's where i start and 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 um you know maddie we, we go through everything we evaluate top to bottom every person every position um you know because we're not where I want to be as as an organization. So uh, you get you know, if you if you stand pat, you're gonna just 
you know, you're going to stand pat, and that's not good enough for me. And it, you know, you know that. You know how I work, and and uh, I'm not, I'm not happy. So uh, we look at everything, top to bottom, um, and I like to believe we'll be back better than ever next year. So I guess just to uh, wrap up, um, now that we're on the outside looking in here in terms of the NLL playoffs, do you, uh, who's your horse in the race here? One Ooh. east, one east, one west, and then let's pick a winner. Here. Okay, well, I'm gonna give you, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a final, but I'm gonna give you a dark horse team. Okay, okay, because I, I think. I think the team that's really scary right now is Georgia, the defending champion. I think they won six in a row, and you know um, they played some good lacrosse. I think they scare me. Um, it's tough to bet against Saskatchewan because they're real good and they've been really good all year. So I think there's a very good chance um, we'll see a rematch again, which would be nothing new in the NLL. I think, funny enough, we did it with the Stealth there two years yep. in a row. I think Roch did it. Did Roch do it with someone? And then... Who did they? They went Edmonton. Calgary. The one was yeah. with Calgary. Anyways, yeah. it just seems like it always, you know. So, those, you know, I'm gonna say a Georgia. I'm gonna say a Georgia Saskatchewan final with Georgia winning again. And but my dark horse team is Calgary. I I would not be shocked if I think if someone can kind of come from nowhere and win this whole thing, I'm putting my money on Calgary. So there you go. Interesting. All right. Good. It's good stuff. You'll have to listen to the rest of the podcast to find our dark horses. <laughs> oh, so you're going to hook me now, right? Is there another there guest? Go. or am I, No, you're the, you're the guest. I get to so run solo to, today. All yeah. right. Well, uh, okay. All right. Okay, Jamie. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, I know we'll probably do this again here before the expansion draft and when all the lists get settled and all that kind of stuff but uh yeah i guess uh begin to enjoy the off season i know sooner than everybody would have liked but uh yeah on behalf of kd and i again thanks for all the uh the guest spots here this year on the podcast and everything i know uh we always enjoy doing this so uh we'll chat again soon awesome cheers boys thanks good job all righty that is the toronto rock owner president and general manager jamie dowick we will take a short break and then we'll wrap up toronto rock total access after this Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Kyle Davis uh, with you now. Great chat there with Jamie Dowick, as always, filling us in on lots of stuff. And I think now as we uh, as we kind of get ready to proceed through the summer, some uh, dates pop up and kind of what has to happen over the next little while. And uh, the expansion draft is going to be the exciting thing that will happen in the middle of July. And, um, you know, first we kind of have to figure out who's going to be protected which will be the interesting thing. So to lay that out, five, five, uh, sorry, ten, 10 players and a goalie, up to five of those 10 runners can be offensive guys. So, again, I think as we get closer, maybe we'll throw out our own personal picks as to who we 
think should be protected. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of mystery as to who will be protected on the Rock side. There could be an interesting name or two, I'm sure, that might uh, factor in because, you know, as Jamie said, there's a lot of different things that he has to take into consideration that may not be quite so obvious, I guess, on the surface. Um, Now, in terms of who is eligible, when we look at the practice roster, so guys who finished essentially officially on the practice roster, Belgrave, Hutchcraft, Jay, and Slade, even though Belgrave was on the active roster since he wasn't on for the last 14 days of the season, he technically is a practice roster player, and he has now officially become a street free agent, as they call it. So he, along with his other three practice player mates, are not actually eligible to be selected in the expansion draft because they are now essentially unrestricted free agents which teams can begin to talk to as of may the 27th and could sign as of august the 1st so they don't really factor into this equation so much um would would toronto have like a window to get get to those guys first no unfortunately unfortunately with these with practice roster players the way it works like i said they can you can start to talk to these guys as of may the 27th officially to negotiate but you can't actually sign anybody until august the 1st so it's a bit of a weird window and and to kind of go further into that weird window so to speak so unrestricted free agents guys who are pending ufas that would become an unrestricted free agent on august 1st a guy like for example um sandy chapman let's throw that name out there since we've already talked a little bit about chappy today but he would become an unrestricted free agent right now as of August the 1st. Now, he is eligible to be selected in the expansion draft, and really the only thing that either Philadelphia or San Diego would be selecting in that case would be the exclusive right to negotiate with that player between uh, July 16th and July 31st. And then if there was no agreement reached, he would still become uh, an unrestricted free agent on August 1st. So that is a little bit of a gamble to select a guy like that and only have those two weeks to negotiate with them and if you don't come to any kind of an agreement you know your expansion pick is gone um so that will be that'll be risky and we'll see how teams kind of uh play that i guess now in terms of other players that are uh eligible to be selected slash must be protected if you want to hang on to them that's anybody who ended up on you know, either the active roster at the end of the season or the inactive roster for teams, which includes things like injured reserve, holdout list, and restricted free agents, which obviously for the Toronto Rock throws an interesting ball in the air with a guy like Paul Rabel, who is still technically a restricted free agent, and you would think could be, you know, either San Diego or Philadelphia. Maybe he's a guy that's on their radar in for terms sure. of that. Or, you know, if not, possibly to be signed as a restricted free agent, just to throw some pure speculation out there. So that's why I think that, you know, the NLL in terms of player movement, trade deadline, free agency signing, a lot of times it's not that interesting, to be honest with you, but or there's just very little of it. This could be one of the most exciting, interesting off-seasons, and if we do have expansion in subsequent years here, could also, you know, kind of have a little bit of a a trickle-down effect onto everything else because I think as teams start to figure out the whole process – we may see more moving parts during the season and whatnot and at trade deadlines and unrestricted signings. And like we've kind of talked about a little bit off air, how Vegas and the NHL did such a great job of accumulating assets by, you know, for lack of a better word, cutting side deals with teams, trading draft picks and incentivizing teams to select certain players or to stay away from certain players. Or we are going to give you this guy on top of this guy and a pick to select this guy and just 
help sort our own house out in some regards. So, um, yeah, it, this does promise, I think, to be one of the most exciting off seasons that we've maybe seen in the history of the league. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. And it, it, you know, from a calendar year perspective too, we saw some massive names move in season this year. You know, parlay that into what's going to happen this offseason. And you're going to, that's a crazy 365 days in the National Lacrosse League. And it's going to be fun. Um, I, I agree. I think, in a way, for these teams to come in, it kind of benefits them a little bit just to have this Vegas thing going on right now, right? Just to, I know it's different sports and whatnot, but you just, just to see that from an outside perspective and, and kind of, I mean, I don't know if you, learn or anything I, I don't really know just I think it'd be helpful just to kind of see that at least then you're not coming in totally blind yeah and you know the lacrosse world there's there's only nine teams there's not you know 31 that yep. you that you have to track and and it's you know pretty pretty small community tight-knit community and uh, it's it's gonna be interesting and uh, you know for instance San Diego Govett is well very familiar with Colorado in the West, and he brings in a couple of Toronto guys, very familiar with the Rock in the East, and now all of a sudden they got a pretty good pulse in the league, right? And, yeah. And I'll uh, be curious to see, you know, how this plays out. And like you mentioned, teams got to get their, their house in order here. And uh, I think for the most part, every team in the league is, you know, you know who the top guys are on the teams. You know, it's not rocket science, I think, to get maybe, you know, to eight. Or, yeah. or, right, and then it's maybe gets a little a little murky depending specific team needs at eight, nine, and ten. Depending, you you know you're keeping depth guys, old guys. You can protect up to five. That's where maybe it gets uh, I guess a little bit more work has to be uh, be put into it and make sure you're making the right decisions. And with oppor- like this is an opportunity for not just the two expansion teams, right? This is an t- opportunity for maybe there is going to be some more wheeling and dealing, as Jamie said. So. Uh, opportunity for teams that are already in the league to try and make their team better as well. And, and through using this uh, expansion draft as kind of a platform to do that. So it's going to be fun to watch and curious to see how it all plays out for sure. Yeah, I think the wheeling and dealing side of it is something that I think will get fans excited, engaged as soon as they start to see this. And, and like you also mentioned about the Vegas thing, and you know, I think with the success that they've had in the National Hockey League this year, it's tough to think that another expansion team will replicate that because just really in the history i believe of professional sports this is slightly unheard of what's going on and but i think there's still the blueprint there for possible success in just the way that um everything kind of shook down with them and and going through this and you know the team's only being able to protect a small number of players much like what's going on here uh in the nll it's kind of along similar lines and um I almost do think, though, it might, might be easier to replicate something like that in the National Cross League, where you do have a pretty small roster, a small league to begin with. You know, the player, the players that will be available, while everybody thinks, oh, Vegas had the, you know, did have an opportunity to select a lot of better players than expansion teams in the past had had the opportunity to do you've got kind of that situation here in the NLL where, you know, you've only got nine teams. So if you're only protecting 10 guys on each team, 10 runners on each team, like that player pools half the league Yeah, that uh, you have a chance to select from. Seven so, to eight everyday players, yeah. basically. So uh, 
you know, I don't think the case was really quite that good for Vegas even. And, you know, you see what they were able to do. Um, and like you said, different different league, different a lot of differences, of course, to factor in. And you can't just draw the, you know, put the lines right parallel to each other. But and there's opportunity here. To kind sure. of build on that too and, you know, to give these teams – every opportunity to accelerate away you look at one thing to to me that i kind of jumped out is you know the NL, there there's five nll combines and yeah. they're strategically placed around right there's one in san diego there's one yeah. in philadelphia to try and get the, you know there's always been one it's always been in oakville and selfishly it was great for the you know the southern ontario kind of group and the odd person that yeah. wanted to you know fly make in the trip, for, make yeah. the trip or whatever but now you're, there's there's going to be other people around, you know, North America here getting exposed that probably would never be seen, you know, without this opportunity. And that's the league saying here, we're putting these, you know, opportunities in these markets for you guys to maybe maybe find a someone, maybe find a player that can can come in and help as well. So the opportunity is there to to I'm not going to say, you know, I guess to be set up as best possible. They're not going to come in and make these teams uh, irrelevant right away because you know you bring San Diego in they go 0 and 18 that's not fun for anyone you're, no. you're trying to build a <laughs> fan base and yeah. you're trying to build momentum here and, and grow the league and you want them to succeed early here at least for sure right so we're saying right now that they will probably be better than the Charlotte Cobras <laughs> <laughs> they had a rough ride look it up <laughs> it wasn't pretty um but yeah, I, I I do think uh, you know they've got a good group there in San Diego, and and it's weird, I guess, obviously with you know with Josh going there and the Toronto Rock connection. I feel like you know, and Steve Govett being an established uh, you know NLL executive for so many years, you kind of feel like you almost know the San Diego brand and feel and staff and all that better than Philadelphia. Like for sure. Philadelphia still, I feel like you know Paul Day going in there and being the coach and GM and still just don't really know but they quite haven't as named much. any any no, assistants or anyone and else. just you know you've got you know what the Colorado team as well when you've got guys like Steve Govett and Josh Gross you know how instrumental those guys were just in building the mammoth brand and some of the things that they did off the floor as well and you're like, well, they clearly have their own blueprint as well. And they kind of started the Colorado thing from scratch as well. And now they're doing it again in San Diego. And I'm sure they learned a lot through the process. And now they're going to go out and do it again in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, you look at all the media attention that they've got out there. And just, you know, that, again, we're talking blueprints maybe a little bit. But there's maybe the expansion blueprint already is what San Diego's doing. And, you know, it's going to be exciting to watch you know i think they've done a very good job of, of promoting and and everything that they've been able to hit in a in a market that uh, is thirsty for professional sports it's not spoiled at all in terms of the number of pro sports teams that are there um you know similar to maybe a saskatoon situation a little bit obviously very different uh, parts of the world <laughs> well you mentioned parts of the world i'm sure there's going to be quite a long lineup of players that would not hate to fly into San Diego or move to shack up in San Diego yeah. for, you know, to play a sport they love. The, the flights are the flights, I still think, but you know, the... Get the, some younger people that... But maybe the five-ish hour flight from this area in Ontario to get off the plane into the uh, 
the sun, the surf, and the sand in February in San Diego might be slightly rewarding, more rewarding than that long flight to a Vancouver or Calgary even or for sure or Denver you know in in some respects uh at that time of year so uh yeah it's going to be a fascinating market I mean Philadelphia obviously the NL has been there there's been a ton of success there previously you know six championships were won by the Wings uh in their day there before they relocated to New England and became the Black Wolves but you know the new Philadelphia Wings, along the lines of you know the the new Jets, I guess is kind of a, a similar type thing there. But um, I'm interested to see the Wings brand kind of grow a little bit as we go here because I think we really I don't really know anyways what they're gonna be just yet. You know, is the angle gonna be to go after these American guys or whatever? I guess just because I think we probably know Josh Sanderson yeah. and Patrick Merrill a little bit more. I think I can feel like I kind of have a little bit more in my head of where they're going kind of even you know the josh gross steve govett thing off the floor and now these guys on the floor you kind of have a pretty good picture whereas philadelphia i think is still kind of a little bit of the unknown maybe so this philadelphia's all-time stats and record books are they in new england right now and this is starting from just nothing again yeah in a way or would would those history books kind of have a period now they're back I, I random think, question yeah right? I think you just you handle it I think the same way as you know you've got the old jets and the new jets and the thrashers and all you yeah. know everything how that moved and you know you got the coyotes how they've I think assumed the the old jets and Tamu Salani I guess yeah. but at the same time the people in Winnipeg I'm sure very much don't you know the Jets are the Jets, and Tamu yeah. played here, and Dale Howarchuk, and mm-hmm. those were our guys. And yeah, okay, the team was gone for a while, but now they're the they're back, same name, and things are all groovy again. And I think that might be more the Wings. Like you know, you've you've kept the same team name, uh, the logo's a bit different, you know, updated, maybe more modern, very similar to what happened with the Jets. I think you're gonna have a lot of those old fans coming back, and maybe the fact that the team was gone for a while. You know, maybe it does automatically spark that reinterest of some people in saying, well, hey, I used to be a fan of this team, and then they walked, they left, but now this new group's here, and I'm not, I don't want, I don't want that to go again, right? And for sure, here I am. Here's my money. I'm buying season tickets, right? I'm back. So, and the, yeah, the new group is in a way doing you a favor by you know yeah. allowing this to to go down and. You probably don't, you know, if you are a fan, you don't want to see that leave again. Yeah. And All right, well, let's uh, let's slide on here um, to the more uh, pressing stuff here, and we we got Jamie's prediction on a uh, final. He's picking Georgia and Saskatchewan in the final, with his dark horse being Calgary and the Swarm being victorious for the second year in a row. Because hey, that's all that really happens in this league, right? Repeat champions. Yeah. Three, two, and then possibly we could have another repeat on our hands here. Uh, I'll let you go first to this. I think we might have a very similar take on this whole thing. but uh, what, So what do you want from me? The finals, the, the winner, thing, and the yeah. dark horse? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have, uh, surprise, surprise, I have Georgia, Saskatchewan final. Uh, but I have Sask picking up the win and uh, not allowing Georgia to go back-to-back. Um, I think they've came out with a purpose this year after, you know, how it played out last year. And uh, they've been the, the best team in the league from start to finish. I know Georgia just beat them recently, but um, 
you know they've had first place locked up in the west for for a little bit here now and i think that this is what they're waiting for to get geared up for is the playoff time um so i'll take uh, saskatchewan over georgia if i have a dark horse i mean that I don't want to just go with what Jamie said, so I'll go with you know something <laughs> different, and I'll, I'll I'll say Rochester. They've been uh, they've been hot in the back half of this season. I think they, you know, they beat Georgia for a big game. They've beat they went down to Sask and won a big game. You got Vino, you got Cody Jamison, guys who have just done it, been there, and are you know pretty pretty well respected around the league. So if I had to put a dark horse, I'll go Rochester, and it kills me to say that just because in division and you know, rival <laughs> and yeah, but big time rival. I am uh, I am gonna go. I'm putting my dark horse as also the favorite in the East, if that makes any sense. But I'm going Rochester as well there as a, a dark horse and a, and a favorite. I think in the East, I just think they've been pretty good here in the second half of the season, really since their pretty bad start to things. Um, a little bit of an overhaul in terms of Dan Dawson exiting and whatnot. Um, and I think they've got Matt Vincent that who I still think, you know, if you're talking the greatest goaltenders in the history of this league, I think he's probably now in there as, you know, amongst the other two, which I always feel like are Dallas Elliott and Bob Watson. And I think he's in that, you know, if there's three guys who I consider as the greatest goaltenders in the, in the history of the NLL, I think now Matt Vince is pretty securely in that conversation I think as uh, as one of the top three so that's why I got Rochester <clears throat> on the other side um, I am going with Saskatchewan uh, and I think Saskatchewan's going to win I'm going to agree with you there KD I think the crazy part of all this is that Dan Dawson's going to end up getting a championship out of this yeah another one like right I, I just you, you kind of almost feel like that's going to be the way this is going to strangely play out. Uh, not so strange that Saskatchewan wins, but that Dan Dawson leaves an organization that he was such a big part of for the last few years, was there for two out of their three championships. And, uh, you know, maybe this is – maybe it's the end too for Dan. I think if he can go out on top, maybe that's the way he does it. But, um, you know, I, I don't know how big of a part he plays in the whole thing. But I think the Rush will beat the Rochester Nighthawks in the final. Probably in two straight games. Two straight, yeah. That's my thought. Well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be you know, interesting. And for for Mr. Dawson, you know, to have each – a kid on each side, you obviously – you can't go wrong in terms of, you know, one's coming out on top, it's going to suck for the other one. But the one thing I will say, though, with the, you know, the one game – to lead up to the finals, yep, bit more of a coin toss. Anything sure. could right. You, you you catch a heater one night, and you know Jamie mentions Calgary. They got uh, we thought they settled in pretty nicely once they got things kind of figured out as well. And Dixon and Berg, those are two lethal guys. And you know we've talked this whole show. The only time we've mentioned Colorado is just because they just played us. But you know they got Benash and one of the best goalies in the league. If he gets hot and Noble and Keo and Greer, like it's really gonna be fun to watch uh, i think me and you are both on the same page i'd uh, i wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see any noise from new england <laughs> 
You just think that's it, eh? It's, well, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess I mean if I'm taking Rochester, you've got Rochester knees, and it's one game. It's hey, there, so there's see you later, you've yeah. already booted them. Yeah, I have already booted them. You're right, but <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah, I never really thought about it that way, but yeah, it's pretty clear, eh? Yeah. <laughs> but because <laughs> I've also kind of done the same to everybody else too. Yeah. Anyways. Um, before we go here, uh, it is season ticket renewal time. We've got the uh, Bump Up Your Benefits campaign going, and uh, that's running to June 15th. But, uh, KD, I'll let you hype that up a bit here. For sure, yeah. It's uh, obviously, you know, disappointed right now, but uh, like we've been saying and reiterating this whole show, there's a lot of good good things going on here. And, I mean, fans uh, specifically we we finished the year with a lot of good momentum in the building and and it wasn't gone it didn't go unnoticed and uh you know the renewal campaign has started and it's off to a good push and there's a lot of great you know hammer mentioned to bump up your benefits and some good options there and you've seen a wide variety of people you know picking different options here you can you know add some vouchers which never hurts if you're always looking to bring friends to the game you get more people out in the building helps the atmosphere uh, you can get another se- a secondary season ticket holder gift, which uh, exclusive Toronto Rock branded this year specifically uh, lanyard or for the merchandise lovers, another 5% essentially bringing your 15% off the online merchandise to 20%, which, which helps as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of great seats uh, available, but a lot of great seats already taken with a good fan base that we already have. And, you know, I know from, from being in the office, we're looking to build on that and uh, we've already started planning for next year and, like uh, like we said, I can't reiterate enough. I think uh, I think there's no reason why this team isn't in you know championship contender conversation next year, and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. So give us a shout at the office at 416-596-3075 or torontorock.com/tickets or as well torontorock.com for our online uh, chat, which has been uh, very helpful and, and fun along the way here as well. All right. Well, that about uh, wraps things up. We should mention that, uh, yeah, this is the last episode of the podcast uh, for the regular season. Uh, We may do something, I guess, probably towards the end of the playoffs, slash we'll be uh, kind of looking at expansion lists and whatnot for sure before the expansion draft. Once all those are in, uh, we'll do something, I guess, end of June, start of July there, leading up to the expansion draft as there will be a lot to Discuss, dissect, and uh, dive into. Those are the three D's of podcasting. <laughs> we come back a couple weeks, break down the finals, and we yeah. have our expansion list for every team. Maybe, yeah. Little project over the, the next know, start, couple the, weeks. Start yeah. the off season here and come back with your 10. Yeah. That's going to be tough. I, mm. You know what the thing about that is before we before we officially wrap things up is, you know, Jamie's got, you know, his job to do as a general manager. And, and you know, there are personal friendships and all that kind of stuff in, in such a tight-knit uh, family, as we'll, we'll call it here with the Toronto Rock. But even, like, you and I, like, and, you know, you deal, you see the guys all the time. Like, what if we throw out our 10 list? And oh. <laughs> Player X is like, oh, well. Well, I, I see we are, I see where we stand here, Hammer. And we could be looking for a guest next year's podcast. He doesn't get selected. He's back in the fold here, and he just crickets us. Doesn't want anything yeah. to do with us. Yeah. So we maybe we do to. the eight uh, others, not Toronto. The eight we'll, others. Yeah, maybe we'll, maybe but, that's safer. Yeah. All right. 
We'll think about that, but we've got time to think about it. So uh, that'll about wrap things up uh, for Kyle Davis. I'm Mike Hancock saying in the meantime and in between time, that's another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access over and done with. We will chat soon. Enjoy the NLL playoffs.